Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. We have never seen the things happening and lining up with the word like we are right now. Prophecy is being fulfilled right in front of our eyes. And I just want you guys to know that this whole sermon series is going to teach us how to stand in the face of adversity. Anybody wishing, oh, I wish I would have born, been born in another time. Be honest. Okay, we got some people saying, you know, I just really wish this wasn't on me. <laughs> um, but I want to challenge you that God trusted you or you wouldn't be here today. He would have said, you know what? They're not ready. So I'm going to wait for a generation who's ready. And so I want you to know that you are ready today, even if you don't feel like it. He is counting on us to take a stand, to take a stand against corrupt agendas, take a stand against culture and what everyone else thinks is right or what's being shoved down our throats. Y'all, we were chosen for such a time as this. So it's not time to be fearful and it's not time to cower. It's time to get prepared. It's time to get excited, right? The title of my message today is Now is the Time. Today we're going to be looking at the life of Esther. Let me give you a little bit of backstory. Because I didn't think you would want me to preach the whole book of Esther on a Sunday morning. I'm pretty close to doing it, but I'm not going to read word for word everything. So let me give you a little backstory. Israel was in captivity and they were carried off to Babylon. And the king was doing kingly things. He was showing off. He was showing off by... He was showing off his riches and he was showing off his kingship by having lavish, drunken parties for the rich and famous. He was like, I'm the king. So pride got in his way and uh, his wife, Queen Vashti, said, you know what? I'm not participating in this. She took a stand. And so he just got rid of her right? Pride got in the way, and so he just dethroned her. Sounds like what we're seeing today, right? When we don't just give in, or we don't bow to the pressure, then we begin to get manipulated in a way where we, like, don't even remember our morals and beliefs, And what happens when we do that? Like people start canceling us, right? That's what happens. We live in such a disposable world that when we don't get our way, when someone hurts us, come on, 
I'm not just talking about them. I'm talking about us. When someone hurts us or when someone challenges us, we say, oh, we just cut them off. Nope. So disposable. So the search for a new queen was on. And listen, they had to be beautiful. They had to be young. They had to be virgins and selected women. After they were chosen, you all, they were brought to the palace, into the harem, and they were prepared and given all the beauty treatments. Come on, ladies. <laughs> we might like that, getting all the beauty treatments. Um, and here's the thing. The one that most pleased the king was going to be the one that became queen. Esther was one of the women chosen, but she was the least likely because one, she was a Jew, two, she was a slave, and three, she was an orphan. She already had so many strikes against her. And you may be sitting there today feeling that same way about yourself. You may be thinking, well, God could never use me. I am fill in the blank. Or I've done fill in the bank, blank. But I want to assure you today that God can and will use you and your story for his glory if you let him. But you got to let him. Now is the time. Let's look in Esther 2.9. It says, hey, guy. And Haggai was the king's eunuch that was in charge of the harem. Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. He also assigned seven maids, say seven maids, specially chosen from the king's palace and he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. We're going to skip down to verse 12, and it says, Before each young woman was taken to the king's bed, she was given the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatments, 12 months with oil of myrrh, followed by six months with special perfumes and ointments. So the first thing that we can learn from Esther is preparation is important. Preparation is important. She prepared herself for one solid year. That's some serious prep time. When was the last time that you took a year to prepare yourself for something that just might change the trajectory of your life? Heck, when's the last time you took a week? But preparation makes us ready. Moses was prepared in the wilderness for 40 years. David, as we learned in our last series, come on, give it up for David and that last series. He was a shepherd boy made king, and then he was sent back out to the pasture to be prepared. Jesus was prepared 30 years for only three years of ministry. And we're like, God, why aren't you moving? 
Well, Esther was given those seven maids and they were the best of the best and she was given them so she could get prepared. So my question is, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with mediocre or the best? Negative or positive? Depressed or joyful? People who bow to culture and what everyone else thinks? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are taking a stand? Esther, you know, she bathed in oil and perfumes, but we're also asked to bathe ourselves in repentance. Repentance of the things we know we should do and we're not doing. Come on, Apostle Paul. And bathe ourselves in things that we know we shouldn't be doing, but we're doing. Gang, there is a difference between messing up and sinning and choosing to live a lifestyle of sin. And I'm here today to declare over you and promise you that if you cannot stand now, it's going to be really rough in your future. We have got to get rid of the things that are holding us back because just like Esther, we're being prepared to meet a king. We're going to be meeting the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now is the time. The second thing we can learn from Esther is have confidence in who God made you to be. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you don't have confidence in the way that God made you? Esther 2.15 says, Esther was the daughter of Abilahel, who was Mordecai's uncle. Mordecai had adopted his younger cousin, Esther. When it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the advice of Haggai. I'm going to repeat that. She accepted the advice of Haggai, the eunuch in charge of the harem. She asked for nothing except what he suggested, and she was admired by everyone who saw her. You see, Esther didn't act like the rest. She wasn't acting like the girls on The Bachelor, fighting for her man, the king. She didn't compete. She didn't get in cat fights. She was doing what was expected and being herself. She trusted Haggai and the king. She wanted no part of self-promotion. Y'all, back then there was no social media right? There were no selfies, no filters to make us look better, no pretending to be someone other than who she was. She was confident in who she was, and there was something different about her. I want it to be said that there's something different about me, that I don't act like the rest, that there's something I don't, I want people to look at me and go, I don't know what it is about her, but there's something different. She's crazy. Yes, she is. <laughs> but I also want to tell you, church, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. There is nobody like you, and you don't have to be 
like anybody else and you don't have to act like anyone else. And I've just got news for you. Some people aren't going to like you. They aren't your people. Now listen, get healed so that you're not acting out from a place of brokenness. Okay? You hear what I'm saying? Be you, but make sure you're healed so that when you're faced with something, you're not acting out in a way that God hasn't called you. I used to, used to, those are the key words, I used to beat myself up because I was strong. And I was opinionated. And I was direct and to the point. And people just were attracted to me. Not my looks, but they want, They would come. And like, I, I asked myself, it still happens today. Like, our patients at work, they're like, they want to tell me their whole life story. I'm like, what is this? You know? You uh, know, I do want to say I'm a little dramatic. <clears throat> Pastor Rich, girl crew, I'm just a little dramatic. But you know what? I hated those things about myself because others hated that about me. But before God formed me in my mother's womb, he made me. He gave me spiritual gifts. He gave me the gift of leadership. And can I tell you today, all leadership is is influence. People come to me because I have that gift from God. Now, I could have either accepted the gift or I could have watered it down because people didn't like that about me. Well, I chose to work on it instead. Listen, God gives every one of us gifts for his, to use for his glory. So you may be an encourager. Be the best encourager there, there is. You may have a gift of hospitality. Well, make sure that you're being hospitable and you're bringing people over to your house and you're sharing the gospel and you're loving on broken people. He gave it to us to use for his glory. So I want to challenge us today to be unapologetically who God called you to be. And that's scriptural. You can find that in Romans 12. Go home and look it up. Don't take my word for it. Go search it out in the scriptures for yourself. I want you to be um, unapologetically you. But I want you to stay humble. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time. Come on, young people. Will you just repeat after me? At the right time. Come on. At the right time. Come on, seasoned people. Repeat after me. At the right time. Not your timing. But his timing, God is never late. He is never early. He is always on time. And when you can take your hands off your little life and say, I trust you. 
It's when God begins to move in your life. I cannot tell you countless people that I have got to witness that the minute that they didn't have to try to have a baby because they were trying to make it happen, God made it happen. I can't tell you the number of people that were trying to move themselves up in a, in a corporate job that if they would just let their hands off of it, God's going to make a way. So at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. The third thing we can learn from Esther is listen to wise counsel. You don't know everything. Haggai told Esther what to do because he knew what the king liked and what he wanted. And remember what it said in verse 15? Esther accepted the advice of Haggai and everyone who saw her admired her. She stood out from the rest. Humility and obedience can take you to places and palaces. Esther was chosen and she was made the queen. But in the meantime, Mordecai overheard a plot to kill the king. And he knew he had to get to him and tell him so he wouldn't die. But before he found out, the king gave Haman, the evil one, power over everyone. And pride went to his head. So he began to make everyone bow to him. But Mordecai wouldn't bow. Just like last week when we learned that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not going to bow. And, and they said, no, it doesn't matter if you throw me in that fiery furnace. The one that I bow to will save me. Mordecai would not bow. And you know what happens when people don't do what you want them to do. Oh, I'm the only one? Okay. Um, he was furious. So instead of going to Mordecai and killing Mordecai, he said, I'm going to seek and kill your people, all the Jews. And he had the king write a decree to do that. And guess what? The king signed it. Esther 3.13 says, Dispatches were sent by swift messengers, messengers into all the provinces of the empire, giving the order that all Jews, young and old, including women and children, must be killed, slaughtered, and annihilated on a single day. This was scheduled to happen on March 7th of the next year. The property of the Jews, get this, would then be given to those who killed them. The enemy is always trying to find a way to intimidate us and manipulate us so we do what he wants us to do. But Mordecai was in mourning, and that upset Esther, so she sent her attendant to find out what was wrong. And in Esther 4.8, it says, um, I, I, we're not going to read it all, but it says, he asked Haddish to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. Esther said, I, I can't do that. 
I haven't been invited, so I can't go. That's just not what you do. It's not allowed. Have you ever been in a situation where something wasn't allowed, but you knew you needed to take a stand? You needed to confront it and stand up for what you believe in? Well, this was a time for change. And change isn't easy. Change isn't easy. Come on, somebody. Who thinks change is easy? Change isn't easy, and it can be messy. But change is necessary. The enemy will keep you a slave, a slave to silence, a slave to sin, a slave to your past, a slave to your brokenness, and a slave to pleasing others. But Galatians 4, 7 says, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Then it goes on in Esther 4.13. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when the other Jews are killed. Y'all, we can't pretend that things aren't happening. We have to get our heads out of the sand or we will be taken out. We need to be aware, get a plan, and get ready. The number one tool of the enemy is apathy. It's a lack of interest or a lack of concern. Oh, we've got our whole lives. Esther 4.14 says, if you can, and it wasn't Esther, this was Mordecai. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. In other words, God had placed her in a place of influence on purpose for this moment. Now is the time. So Esther had a choice to be apathetic or take a stand, to go against culture. She realized she couldn't be silent and that now is the time. So how does that relate to us? I'll tell you, glad you asked. Our world and culture is speaking so loudly. Our values are under attack. Our belief system, come on somebody, it's a little unclear. We're not sure what the truth is anymore, even though we read the word. It is right versus wrong, good versus bad, and morality is so subjective to whatever we think is right or whatever's being shoved down our throats. But let's not forget what Proverbs 14, 12 says. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Our families are under attack. The traditional family is under fire. Family values are being challenged. And the sad truth is that Christians are still the majority in America, but we are doing very little to make a difference for Jesus. We're content to sit in our homes and complain about what's going on, 
We are content to sit in church and say, amen, pastor. So good. When the message is being presented, but we do very little outside of these four walls. Do they look at our love and know that we are Christians? We are hearers of the word, but we're not doers of the word. It's time we let our voices be heard. Now is the time to take a stand. Esther's divine moment began, began with a choice. Our divine moment begins with a choice. She had to accept the responsibility and go to the king. And if the church, and I'm not saying big church. I'm saying the capital C church. If we keep sitting back and being quiet, we will decline. We will not be fulfilling the great commission that God called us to do. So Mordecai, Mordecai was clear to Esther, you could be the only one to save our people. And I believe we're in a time right now where God is being clear to us. You, 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 you may be the only one that God uses to save your family and friends. And he will use you if you're ready. His plan isn't dependent on you, but guess what? He wants to use you. The question I ask today is, will you let God use you for such a time as this? I know it's going to be uncomfortable. It may be even be difficult, but I want to challenge you to be an Esther. Do it afraid. Listen to what she says in verse 16. I love Esther. Go and gather all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it's against the law, I will go see the king. If I must die, I must die. The last thing we can learn from Esther is we've got to fast and then trust God. When a situation is out of our hands, it is not out of God's. So like Esther, we need to get some people around us in unity. And we need to begin to neglect ourselves, neglect food, neglect social media, neglect what you need to do so you can get in a place of prayer and begin to intercede for the people who don't know Jesus in your life. God will do what only he can do, but he's wanting to use us to help him do by our prayer and fasting. We're going to have to face some serious and difficult times, but we cannot just roll over and take it. We need to call on the one who can change it, right? So, Esther's obedience and courage gave her favor with the king. God already had it set up in advance. Haman was found out. Evil doesn't win, guys. Haman was found out. The Bible tells us that what the enemy means for bad, God will turn it for our good. And the enemy will always be found out. His plans will always be turned upside down for God's people. 
get this. I love this part. It's not, you'll have to read it in, in the word yourself. I'm paraphrasing now. But Haman was hung on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Esther saved her people. Church, now is our time of great power. Acts 2.17 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Now is our time of great harvest. Luke 2 says, Then he said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. And now is our great time of great people. Isaiah 6, 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. We have some people today taking a stand. They're taking a stand by getting baptized today, that they're going to go down with all the junk that they've been carrying under the water, and it's going to get buried there, and they're going to come up brand new. And so if you're getting baptized today, I'm going to release you to go get ready as we finish today. So can we give them some walking music? Let's, let's clap for them on their way out. Thank you, Jesus, that they've made a decision to take a stand. And maybe you're sitting there today going, you know what? I need to take a stand. I need to make that decision to follow Jesus. I need to get baptized. You can do it. You can go find Teresa. She'll get you ready. But before that, I want you guys to understand that all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you're saved. I had one of our people send me a text this week and she was like, I'm a little confused because I know that's all we have to do to believe, but then we're supposed to live our life. And she quoted the scripture, told me where it was at. And I was like, yeah, it isn't just believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth and being baptized. There's a walk we have to walk. We then get into the process of following the Lord taking the truth of his word and applying it to our lives, not being readers or hearers of the word, but doers. I believe that now is our time. I believe this is your time to have that personal relationship. If you did that, I want you to just take that connect card and on the back, check a big check the box that says I'm committing my life to Jesus. 
And then after church, I want you to take it to the welcome bar for your next steps back. Because listen, then we get into the process of following and you may not know what to do. So we've prepared the way to walk with you. And maybe you've already given your heart to Jesus and your life to Jesus, but you found yourself compromising. You found yourself a little apathetic. You found yourself a little in the back seat following from afar. I want us as they dim the lights to stand right now. And I want you to take a prophetic stand by getting out of your seats and coming up front that I'm gonna take a stand. Now is the time, go ahead and come. Go ahead and come and I want you to press in close. I know it's a little crowded up here, but I want you to make a prophetic stand for your future. Let me tell you why I'm asking you to do this. There is something very intimidating to the devil when he looks out on God's people and they're standing, pressed in. They're standing united saying, oh, no, 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 not today, devil. You can't have my family. You can't have my friends. You can't have me. I'm taking a stand today. Listen, now is the time. It's time to stand up for what's right. It's time we squared our shoulders back and get out of the corner we've been backed in. It's time to repent and finally mean the things that we keep telling Jesus we're gonna do. It's time to grab our weapon, which is the Word, and use the sword as our shield. And now that we're all up here, I want you to repeat after me. I am the one. This is the place. Now is the time. Come on, let's say it like we mean it. I am the one. This is the place. I can't be louder than you. I am Now shout to Jesus with everything that you have because he's worthy, 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 worthy. Father, right now you see every heart and every hand listed, list, lifted. You see the ones, you see their hearts, you see the things that trip them up. And we're, I'm asking you, God, to be a fence around them, that you're the glory within them, that you remind them when that thing tries to trip them up the next time. Lord, I ask that you would bless them that you would keep them, that you would make your face shine on them, that they would know you. God, we know, we believe that you will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine.
Help us to take the narrow road. Help us to stay on the path. I ask that you go with them today and that they carry you into the world. That we're not going to leave it here in the four, door, four walls anymore. We're going to take it to the streets. God, we give you all the honor, all the glory, because you're worthy. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Just stay up here and let's worship. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.